Hello and welcome to another episode of Virtual Legality. I'm your host, Richard Hogue, managing member of the Hogue Law Business Law Firm of Northville, Michigan. And today we have a story that's near and dear to my heart, quite frankly. I've put up an IGN tweet that says the following. The co-creator of Terraria has canceled its upcoming Google Stadia version after his Google accounts were locked. Now, if you've been following virtual legality for a while, you probably know I have no specific tie to Terraria. I have no tie to Google Stadia other than the couple of videos that I made that commented on how their messaging was perhaps not what they wanted it to be when they announced the product. And obviously with the closure of their internal development studios, the Stadia project isn't going super well. But it's in that last part of the statement where I think if you've been in virtual legality, you know, we have talked about terms of service, terms and conditions, and some of the ways that ambiguities and the breadth of these documents can really harm users. And so this story actually spoke to me quite a bit. Before we get into it, I did want to give a hat tip to LinkGuy at LinkGuy456 on Twitter. He actually pointed this out to me before the IGN article was made available to me. And the question he asked, I didn't know the answer to because I didn't know the story at the time, was... I would guess that as long as there wasn't a set in stone plan with Google that tells them, hey, you have to bring this game, any dev could decide not to bring their game to a platform right. And we'll talk a little bit more about that at the end of the story. But before we get to that, I wanted to talk about what happened here. And I want to allow this developer to use his own words to describe a situation that we have talked about primarily in the hypothetical here in virtual legality. So the headline from IGN is Terraria on Stadia canceled after developer is locked out of Google accounts, problems started when the official Terraria YouTube account was disabled. The co-creator of Terraria has canceled the upcoming Google Stadia version of the game after his Google accounts were locked. Andrew Spinks, or Demilogic on Twitter, explained that he has lost access to all of his Google accounts. And so let's take a look at his words in particular. At Google, he wants Google to hear this. He wants them to know that this is happening to him because he isn't getting satisfying responses from Google directly. My account has now been disabled for over three weeks. His Google account, the entirety of it. I still have no idea why. And after using every resource I have to get this resolved, you have done nothing but given me the runaround. My phone has lost access to thousands of dollars of apps on Google Play. I had just bought Lord of the Rings 4K and can't finish it. Presumably he means he bought it through a Google service. My Google Drive data, completely gone. I can't access my YouTube channel. The worst of all is losing access to my Gmail address of over 15 years. I absolutely have not done anything to violate your terms of service, so I can take this no other way than you deciding to burn this bridge. Consider it burned. Terraria for Google Stadia is canceled. My company will no longer support any of your platforms moving forward. I will not be involved with a corporation that values their customers and partners so little. Doing business with you is a liability. Which, of course, was the line I elected to use on the thumbnail here because I think it's such an important conversation to have. Now, I don't know Andrew Spinks. I don't know Demilogic. I might have played Terraria for all of 10 minutes at some point. I think I own a copy, but I don't have any idea when I bought it or what Steam sale it was during. So I don't have a horse in this race when we're talking about Terraria or Andrew Spinks. I don't know if he did anything to raise the ire of YouTube. The point is 
that there are such high levels of dependency on these technological giants that this is the right statement to make. That if you're going to be ambiguous in your terms, if you're going to use bots to send people emails, and we'll talk about my own experience in just a second in this video, and not explain why you did something that seems ludicrous on its face, and you're not going to respond to people that are in bigger partnerships with you than I am here. Certainly, putting a game on Stadia is a bigger quote-unquote partnership than putting videos on YouTube. I'm in the partner program, but I don't consider that to be a very strong relationship with YouTube or Google as companies. If you aren't willing to have that conversation and your Google account, your livelihood, your actual real life is tied to that ambiguity, we've got lots and lots of problems. And of course, this isn't the only time we've seen this. Right? In virtual legality, we've done videos on things as silly as the Oculus, right? The Oculus Quest, which is a product I love, whose second version I would like to purchase but won't because they mandate that you have a Facebook account and that you tie your Facebook account to the Oculus product with a statement in their terms of service that I've pulled up on your screen that says, we reserve the right in our sole discretion and where technically feasible to disable your access to or ability to use Oculus products that we believe present a health and safety risk or violate our community standards, also known as the Facebook rules. And if you scroll all the way down to the bottom of this very long terms of service document for a VR headset, you get, we reserve the right to terminate your access and use the Oculus products if you violate these terms or any other terms or policies referenced herein. And it cuts both ways. If I was to pull up the Facebook terms, they would say the same kind of thing, which means if you say something bad on Facebook, or let's say you say something in the gray area that Facebook determines was bad, you lose the ability to actually operate your 300, 400, however many dollars priced set of hardware that will now sit dormant on your desk. And that's the light version of this. Right? We've talked about this in this space. You lose rights to hardware when you say something on Facebook. That's problematic enough. When you start bringing in the big dogs, you've got real problems. I pulled up the Microsoft terms of service, right? They say, if you violate these terms, we may stop providing services to you or we may close your Microsoft account. If you're in a work environment and you're using Teams and you're doing anything else with Outlook or your Microsoft account, period. If you're a solo practitioner in law or accounting or anything else where you have an Outlook profile and you say something that crosses the line from Microsoft's perspective on Xbox, then sure, this red line here, violation of the code of conduct through Xbox services may result in suspensions or bans from participation in Xbox services intended to give you a little bit of comfort that Xbox problems will live in Xbox land doesn't limit the enforcement provision that says, hey, if you violate the terms and we've incorporated the Xbox services into these terms, then hey, maybe if we're so inclined, if we're bad actors, eh, we could close your Microsoft account. And then you can explain to your boss how you trash talked in Call of Duty that one day. And now they have to figure out a workaround for your Microsoft account to do your job. And this is that writ large. This is a individual, a company that specializes in making video games that clearly has put a lot of his eggs in the Google basket. It says he has a Gmail account for 15 years. That's a history of email. And I, I have a Gmail account for a long time as well. If I were to lose access to that, that would be a significant blow to me, which is why, you know, when I talk about these kinds of things, 
when I have a video that is absolutely erroneously struck on my channel as targeted harassment and cyberbullying, and YouTube, to their credit, after more than a week, reviews it and says, oh yeah, obviously, that's not harassment, it's legal analysis. I still looked at this situation and said, well, well, my goodness, I've talked about these same issues for more than six months from the video that they struck. If they just decided tomorrow to issue three strikes to call me a bad actor, an enemy of YouTube, and cancel all of my YouTube connections, accounts, and everything else, I would be in the very same place as Demilogic, Mr. Andrew Spinks here. And that's a problem. Why can they do that? Because their terms of service say they can do that. As we've talked about, more plain English terms of service are often more ambiguous and and more ambiguous terms of service give that power to the company that wrote them and wants to use them as they see fit. Looking at the Google terms of service, you will see the most ambiguous quote unquote plain English version of terms of service that you can find probably anywhere on the internet. And they say just the following, Google reserves the right to suspend or terminate your access to the services or delete your Google account if any of these things happen. You materially or repeatedly breach these terms. Service-specific additional terms or policies were required to do so to comply with a legal requirement or court order, or we reasonably believe that your conduct causes harm or liability to a user, third party, or Google. We reasonably believe that whatever you are doing causes Google harm. We could just shut off your Google account. For example, by hacking, phishing, harassing, or spamming, but also by misleading others or or scraping content that doesn't belong to you. So if you're on YouTube and you decide that you want to make a video about election law or something along those lines that the bots will pick up and you don't say anything untowards, but the bots pick them up and you decide to keep making those videos, they say a number of things. Google decides that you're misleading others and you lose your Gmail account for 10 years. You use your, you lose your Google Play access, however much money you've spent on that. And that's what these documents do. And I'm not making this video with the intentionality of calling out Google specifically for this. This is Google. This is Facebook. This is anything that connects across lines. This is why industry consolidation in these respects, in big tech, and I know people come into my comments and say, oh, you're disparaging when you use that term big tech. Hey, more power to them for consolidating this stuff, for making money, for providing services that people enjoy. But the people that enjoy them should understand that things like this is a very real possibility. Lost Lord of the Rings 4K, lost thousands of dollars of app, lost access to my Gmail. And this was a person that was going to be making Google money directly, was going to be putting money uh, in their Stadia project that, yeah, sure, Google has all but abandoned after all of five minutes out in the commercial marketplace. But this is a person that is rowing the boat in your direction, Google, and they didn't care enough to even talk to this person How do you think they care about me or you or anybody else? And so this is the kind of thing, and I'm on YouTube, obviously, I'm making a YouTube video where we have to take a look and we have to be acknowledging the situation that people have found themselves in, which is this nested set of documents, the Google terms of service, the Microsoft terms of service, the Oculus and the Facebook terms of service that can have these negative impacts across lines. And if people are more aware of them, in my opinion, they will be looked at with more negativity, that these kinds of situations should be avoided. And I know a number of you will come into the comments and say, well, maybe that's government regulation. Maybe it is. I don't know. I'm not in the legislature. But I think that at bare minimum, what I can do here in this space is say, this kind of situation is going to get 
more common, not less. And we need to pay attention to stories like this because this can happen to people that are even significant partners with Google. Finally, I want to leave you with the comment that I made to the individual link guy that asked me the initial question, which was, hey, if this guy had announced a Stadia version, I don't know that Terraria Stadia was announced. I know people had picked up on it being reviewed by various authorities in various jurisdictions. But if if he had announced it, could he just stop doing it? And I said, sure, it's purely a contract question, right? The one kind of legal concept outside of the terms of conditions and terms of service documents that I'll leave you with in this video is that you don't have a duty in general to someone else, certainly in business on a commercial basis, until you've signed a contract with them, until you've made a promise to somebody. You can do that without a formal contract in certain instances. You get into advertising and false advertising and things like that. But for the most part, if you're talking about a developer, you're talking about Google, those are sophisticated business entities. And unless there's a contract, unless money has changed hands, unless promises have been exchanged, what we would call consideration in contract law, no. Until you actually release it, there's no obligation. Now, I did say, I suppose there could be a pre-order advertising question if copies have already been sold. Uh, If somebody has already purchased a copy of that, that might fall on Google. It might fall uh, on uh, the Terraria developers. And it's also worth noting that, you know, this is a set of tweets. Yeah, it made IGN. It probably is going to make a couple of other places where you read news about video games regularly. Uh, But this is some kind of thing that can be easily changed. For the most part, this is trying to highlight the issue for Google and the seriousness with which this individual takes it. If Google were to fall on its sword and say, oh my goodness, we didn't realize this would happen. We're very sorry. Then perhaps uh, it could be rectified. This isn't kind of a be all end all. This isn't a formal communication. That all being said, this person is obviously very angry, justifiably so if their experience was anything like mine, where you get what is clearly a form letter that says you are a harasser, you are a cyber bullier, and that is why we struck your channel, in which I sent a fairly long and strongly worded appeal document that said, you better look at this again, YouTube, Uh, in so many words, putting on my full legal hat, I'll just leave it at that, and Uh, YouTube didn't respond to me. YouTube didn't respond to me for anything, didn't explain anything. I just got an email about 10 days later. They said, ah, we looked at it. Uh, You're right, it's not harassment. But it's a black box. I don't know what happens during it. Nobody does. And that's no way to live, especially when you attach all the rest of the things that Google controls. So if I could give any advice, this isn't legal advice, this is life advice, uh, practical advice. You know, you really need to think about not having your eggs all in one basket because any given basket holder can decide to tip it over, can decide to terminate your account always with language that looks a little bit like, hey, if we reasonably believe that what you are doing, who you are, perhaps, harms Google, you're having a Google account harms us in some way, then we'll just turn you off. And as this continues and continues and continues, people need to be aware of what these terms of service, these terms and conditions across all these tech giant companies actually do actually say, and what you could lose if they decide to enforce them for even the stupidest of reasons. This has been Virtual Legality for today. If you enjoyed this episode, we're talking about business and law of technology, pop culture, video games, music, movies, television, and more. I think we did some stuff on books. If you like any of that, please consider supporting the channel. We are doing this a lot more often, a lot more hours than I had anticipated when I originally set this up. And every little bit of support counts. I have all these things set up if you're interested in any of them. If you're not interested in any of them, just subscribe, tell your friends, ring the bell, do all the good stuff on YouTube. I appreciate it just as much as anything else. 
If you caught this on YouTube, thank you so much for watching. And if you listen to it as a podcast, thank you so much for listening. And I will catch you on the very next episode of Virtual Legality. Virtual Legality is a YouTube video series with audio podcast versions presented as commentary and for education and entertainment purposes only. It does not constitute legal advice and does not create an attorney-client relationship. If you have legal questions about the topics discussed, please consult your own legal counsel.